Equippers, make some noise for Jesus. Oh, come on, five o'clock, you can do better than that. Somebody make some noise for the King of Kings, for the Lord of Lords. Oh, man. Touch the person next to you and say, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Say it just like I said it. Say it with my accent and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. If I could just get my keys to stay behind me until I finish reading, that would be great. Worship team's amazing, aren't they? I tell you, man, I'm looking, I'm 35, so, you know, I'm looking on the stage. I'm watching these people jump around, man. They got these young knees. They're doing all this. I'm like, man, my knees would be tore up by the time I finished doing all of that jumping around. But it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm living through your energy, and uh, it's great. How many of you guys were here this morning? Were you, how many of you guys were here? Did we not have a fantastic service this morning? It was powerful. God moved in a significant way. I heard two people got saved at one of the other campuses. I don't know the other stories about the other campuses, but I'm hearing great things about this morning. So I'm excited about what God is going to do tonight. I believe that tonight is going to be the climax of it all. And I, and I believe God has sent me with something to say to you. Amen. I, I bring greetings all the way from Dallas, Texas, the Potter's House where Bishop T.D. Jakes is my senior pastor. Amen. And I honor your pastors as well. Pastor Sam and Kathy, can we make some noise? I texted Pastor Sam earlier today. He said service went great there where he was. He said he heard good things about the service today, so that was good as well. So God is just moving all around the country of New Zealand. Come on, somebody. God's doing some great things. Um, I am married. I have three wonderful children. My son's birthday is today, but today is tomorrow uh, in the States. It's the 13th of January. We celebrated his birthday before I left, but I want y'all to do me a huge favor. Can y'all do me a favor? Can y'all give my son a New Zealand happy birthday? And I just want him to see this video to let him know that I'm thinking about him. So I, I'm just going to turn this. Y'all cue me up. You cue me up. You ready? All right. Just, just, just the one verse of the happy birthday. Uh, uh, happy birthday to you. His name is David. Okay, so when you guys get to happy birthday, dear, yeah, happy birthday, I want you to sing it just like that, you got me? Are y'all ready? All right, here we go, here we go. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear David. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to tell you something. In life, nothing matters more than your family. I want you to make sure you do all you can as you get equipped for the kingdom of God to never neglect your family and love on them and show them as much support as you can along the way. Amen? It's very important. You may be seated, may be seated, may be seated. Let's go into the word of God. Can we go into the word? Stay right there for me. Be great. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to you. The Father is good. Uh, I believe I've got something prophetic to share tonight. Uh, it's going to be found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 
1 Samuel chapter 16. That's 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you can just turn there really quickly. I'm going to read there. And uh, I'm just going to read down 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 1. Mm, I just like to read till Jesus says stop. So we'll just do that. And uh, when Jesus says stop, we'll, we'll pull out. And then we'll see what the Lord might extract from this service for us to learn this, this night. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And it reads, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. Mm -hmm. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you. And say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. Verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord had said and he went to Bethlehem. And, and, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably I've come. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6, so it was when, he, when they came uh, that, they looked at, that they looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed that he, I'm sorry, he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his, at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8, so Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chose this one. Then Jesse made Shemaiah pass by and he said, neither has the Lord chose this one. Thus Jesse had made seven sons, seven of his sons pass before Samuel and Samuel said to Jesse the Lord has not chosen these and Samuel said to Jesse are all of the young men here then he said there remains yet this youngest one and there he is keeping the sheep and Samuel said to Jesse send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here so he sent and brought him in and now he was ruddy and with bright eyes and good looking all the ladies say amen and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. I want to back that thing up just a little bit and just read the B part of 12. It says, And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I want to steal from popular secular culture and I, I want to take a phrase that they have been using in, in the pop world. I don't know if it's made it here yet to New Zealand, but they've got a song that's out right now that I just want to take and kind of remix and, and, and bring it into, in, in, into this atmosphere because I believe the Lord wants something to happen tonight. I, I want to speak to you from the subject, come through dripping. Touch your neighbor next to you and say, drip, drip. 
all of my older saints are trying to figure out what is going on, what song are we talking about. Touch your neighbor and say, before we leave today, come on, touch your neighbor, say, before we leave today, we will drip. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Come back, Holy Spirit. Be in this service with us. We give you permission to have your way. Touch the people of God tonight, young and old, rich and poor, people from all sides. I pray in the name of Jesus that your anointing would come down and destroy every yoke. And God, I pray that you would stir someone in their spirit tonight that you have destiny and purpose living on the inside. And before we leave this place, I pray that we would drip from the power of your anointing in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Awesome, awesome. You guys are awesome too. I had no idea all of y'all were back there. That is incredible. You guys are like a whole crew back here. Look at that. I'm looking at myself on the screen. That's pretty amazing. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all appreciate them, man. They work hard every Sunday. Can we make some noise for these guys behind the curtains over here? How many of you guys like cartoons? I'm not talking about like lightweight cartoons. I'm talking like real cartoon fans. I'm talking like, 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 like good stuff. I'm not talking about the stuff that's out now because I don't even really think that the stuff that is out now can constitute as cartoon uh, at all because it's so inappropriate. There's so many things that you have to watch out for. I can't leave my kid alone anymore when he's watching Nickelodeon because something might be said that he might not need to hear because uh, cartoons aren't what they used to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, if you're over the age of 30, if you're 20-something, 30, okay, you might have grew up in a, in, a, in a time, you might have watched some cartoons in an age called the 90s. Somebody say the 90s. Now, let me tell you something. Now, 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 on the count of three, I want you to scream your favorite cartoon. If whatever it is, if it's, if it's today, if it's, if it's something old, if it's something you like. Now, I just want to hear everybody tell me what your favorite cartoon is right now. Just get it in your head. You got it? You got it? Got it? Three, two, one, scream. <laughs> That's always fun when I do it past this. Yes, what you said. But let me tell you something. I grew up, I was born in the 80s, so I'm an 80s baby, and I grew up in the 90s, and the 90s have the best cartoons that you have ever seen. I'm talking about shows like Tiny Toons. Oh, see, y'all, they don't know. See, y'all don't understand. You, know, this, uh, 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 you don't understand this Tiny Toons. Uh, I'm talking about like Bugs Bunny. Anybody watch Bugs Bunny? Okay. How about how about how about how about Pinky and the Brain? Pinky and the Brain. It's Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. Some of y'all gonna be doing research on YouTube tonight, trying to figure out who Pinky and the Brain is. I mean, y'all remember when cartoons like turned modern, like in the late '90s, and 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 the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out. 
I mean, was that hot here in New Zealand too? The Red Ranger, the White Ranger, uh, the Blue Ranger, the Pink Ranger. Come on, somebody. They had a ranger of all nationalities. They had an Asian dude. They had a black dude. They had a white dude. They had it all going on. I'm telling you, cartoons were wholesome back in the day. You could trust what you were watching. But let me tell you something, okay? The 90s were real good, but the 80s when I grew up, when I was a small, small kid, had even better cartoons. I'm talking stuff like Fat Albert. Hello, somebody. Hey, hey, hey. Come on now. I'm talking about Thundercats. Anybody know what a Thundercat is? I'm not talking about a woman. I'm talking about a cartoon. Thundercats was off the chain. Tom and Jerry. Hello, somebody. Tom just could could never figure this Jerry thing out. He just always got got by, by, by Tom. Tom just could not figure Jerry out. Jerry was always on the run. He never would catch him. But my favorite all-time cartoon of, of all time, just period, 80s, 90s, is, 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 is one of the most incredible cartoons that you have ever seen. It's, one, it's, it's, it's even so good that it started in the 80s and it has reinvented itself in the 2000s and the 2000s that we live in now. It's amazing, but, but it got its start in 1984. And I want to show you the clip real quick of this cartoon. If we have it, do we have it, media team? You guys ready for it? Make sure we have sound because I want them to see it. It's this one right here. Check this out. All my Autobot Nation make some noise. Where my Decepticoners at? Come on now, that's how I hear you. Don't nobody want to show no love to Decepticon. I don't either. We are Autobot Nation for life. Hello, somebody. I love Transformers because Transformers was like that cartoon where, where these cars would come on the scene and they would look like regular Lamborghinis and rescue, uh, rescue uh, vehicles. And man, these, these things would transform into something that you have never seen. I mean, just transform into a mighty robot machine killing a, a, a weapon of mass destruction, guns and, and grenades and, and rocket launchers coming out of the sides. Uh, of this robot, I mean, it comes out of nowhere. I mean, they, they got the new the new movie out. It's called uh, uh, it's called B. It's called Bumblebee. You guys seen it? It's real good. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it started back in the '80s because this was one of my favorite cartoons. I love the fact that when there was trouble, when the Decepticons was moving in. And they were doing something to try to destroy planet Earth because there was always a plot to destroy planet Earth. The Decepticons just could not get it right. They were always trying, but the, the Autobots would always come down to the rescue. And, and they would roll up, and the Decepticons would roll up, and whoosh, they would transform, and they would start fighting, and it would be something amazing. And it just helps me to understand the value because understanding that when, 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 when situations like that happen, you, you, you look real regular and reminds me of the people of God, you know, we look real regular we we go grocery shopping like everybody else we go to school like everybody else we we go to regular jobs like everybody else but you let something pop off and somebody anointed is in the room Ooh. 
How many of you understand the power of transforming into what God has called you to be in the moment to be able to see God do whatever he needs to do in that situation? I'm talking about a generation that God is looking for to transform because the Bible says that the world is waiting on the sons and the daughters of God to reveal themselves and God is waiting on a generation to transform into who he's called you to be. Somebody say yeah. Slow down. I'm going slow. I'm going to go slower tonight. Ah, so which brings me to my, my, my transformer of the hour. This, this dude named David. I love David. I love David so much because, ah, first of all, I named my son David. So you got to understand that I've got a love affair with this dude named David because the David we're reading about in the passage of scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 1 through 13 this is baby David this is young David this is David's introduction to the world the biblical world this is David on the scene this is him being introduced but 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 we all understand and know if we have any biblical understanding that David was one of the most amazing kings of all of Israel David was a worshiper David was so much of a worshiper that, 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 that when he came into his kingship, he had to make sure that the presence of the Lord was there. So he went and got the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. And he convinced 20,000 other men that were around him that they needed to go up and get the Ark of the Covenant too. Because he understood that it didn't mean a thing to be the king if the king of glory was not where he was. Somebody say amen. David was a worshiper, but also David was a warrior. Hello, somebody. David, you couldn't run upon David the wrong way. David would hurt you. David was from the hood. Out there keeping them sheep. Said, listen, man, I've done lions, bears, tigers. Oh, my. Don't run up on me any kind of way. You, you might get dealt with. David was from the hood. David was a worshiping warrior. He was dual in nature. He knew when to fight, but he also knew when to fall on his face. He knew when to go after the things that he needed to go after, but he also knew how to take down. David was both lion when he needed to be of the tribe of Judah, but he also understood how to be a lamb and come low. And he would write psalms to God telling him how much he loved him. David was every woman's dream. <laughs> oh, my sister, say amen. amen. Brothers, you want a good woman of God? If you, now, if you're of age, I'm not talking about you babies. You stay saved and you love the Lord. You keep reading your books in the Bible, and that's all you need. That's what I tell my kids right now, you 15, 16. You don't need to be thinking about no love. You need to love me and Jesus. That's about it. I will take you on dates when we need to go on dates. I got you, boo-boo. I got flowers. I got cards. I got candy. Whatever you need, daddy's got you covered, boo. Don't you worry. I got you. You tell him no, no. Because you don't want daddy to talk to him for you. Yeah. Amen. All my fathers in the house say amen. But I'm, I'm talking about my sisters that's of marriage caliber. I'm talking about the women who understand that, that when I do say I do, I want to say I do to a real man of God. I'm, I'm talking about a man who loves God. I'm talking about a man who knows how to fall on his face. I'm talking about a man who knows how to cry out to God in a situation. I'm talking about a man who can work and worship. Hello, somebody. Oh, 
I'm talking about a man of God. So, so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about this man named David. And David was such an amazing man of God. And we all know the end game that what happened to David because inside of Jesse was a dude named David. And inside of David was a dude named Jesus. So we understand that David was very significant in biblical history. But a lot of the times we rush past some of his story and we don't pay attention to his genesis. The beginning of the year, I thought it would be appropriate for us to kind of pay a little bit of attention to David's genesis and the fact that the way David started was everything. The way that David started with God was so important for us to lean in and pay a closer attention to that I thought that we might spend a few minutes, just a few, just unpacking a little bit about what happened in this situation and scenario that David found himself in. First of all, I need you to understand something. This was the anointing. This was the anointed moment for David. This was the, the moment that the anointing was going to hit David and was going to equip him to do whatever it is that God called him to do. But it wasn't his appointed moment. Uh, you see, it is possible to be anointed but not yet be appointed. It is possible to receive impartation, revelation, wisdom, information, direction, and still not be ready to go quite yet because there's some things that God wants you to process through so that you don't jeopardize the call of God that's on your life. I need you to understand that sometime God will anoint you for something that he will use you for later. So often we are full of a generation of people who really want everything that God has called them to be and do right now. If I can't get it now, I can't wait. If I don't do it now, I don't want to do it. If you don't let me do it now, I'm going to leave and find something else to do. But can I tell you something? David waited a very long time because he was a teenager when he was anointed, but he was a grown man when he was appointed. And I'm just coming to tell you, I'm here to use this bully pulpit because I'm flying out of here in the morning to tell a few people as you start this year just be patient a little bit yeah it's your year it's your time it's your season I know boo boo I'm with you amen but let's just wait for the Lord to put you into place Let's not start placing ourselves in situations that God had not commissioned for us to step into yet. It's okay to be anointed and be on the sideline. Ooh, it's okay to be anointed and not yet be a frontline singer. It's okay to be anointed and still be at the door and greeting people. It's okay to be anointed and work in the parking lot. Oh, I can't get any amens right there. Come on, summer stunners. It's okay to be anointed, but not yet be appointed. So David, this is the anointed moment. So there were some things that we, that we saw as we built up to the anointing. First of all, David was the youngest one. Somebody say youngest one. David was the youngest of all of his brothers. And why is that significant? It's significant because uh, in those times, in the Israelite times, uh, the, the Hebrew tradition was usually to make sure that, the, that whatever gift, whatever blessing, 
whatever was coming to the family line, whatever was going to come down through the father, whatever blessing was going to fall, it would usually fall on the son that was the oldest so that he could be, he, he was looked at as the more mature one. He had more experience. He understood more. So, so, the, so what was coming, what should have hit the oldest son. So this is why they were looking at the older boys and they were looking at the older ones because they didn't believe that the young ones were ready to be anointed and I'm so excited when I see David being young and being anointed because it helps me to remember that you don't have to look at someone's age and be able to determine whether or not they can be anointed you can be anointed at 13 you can be anointed at 14 you can be anointed at 12 you can be anointed at 15 it doesn't matter what your age is age ain't nothing but a number when it comes to anointing David was the youngest one, but yet God has, has flipped the situation and has caused that was at the end to come to the beginning. See, this is scripture because the least shall be first. So, so, so David was looked over. He, he, was, he was not expected to be the one because he was the youngest. Uh-huh. If you're sitting next to somebody young and you tell them it's not over yet, you still got some time. God still wants to use you. You can be anointed and be young. You can be anointed and be, and, and, and be on fleek. You can be anointed and still be dope. You can still be anointed and play Xbox. You can be anointed and go to school. You can be anointed and be on the football team. You don't have to wait till you're 35, 40 years old and say, okay, I'm done having fun in my life. I guess I'll be anointed now. No, God is waiting on a generation that will accept the anointing of God that is on your life now. And if you will step into who God called you to be now, he will blow your mind with what he will do through you. Somebody say amen. amen. Summer stunners. So I'm just trying to help you to see that David was the youngest. Another thing that David was, David was, David was the serving one. Mm. Check this out. When the anointing of God shows up, okay, the man of God, he's, he's, he's getting ready to consecrate He's consecrated the sons of Jesse. He's told the people of God to set themselves aside and fast and get ready because we're getting ready to worship on the hill. And, 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 and David was nowhere to be found because David was in the field and he was serving. Uh, uh, see, you, you want to you be anointed, but you don't want to serve. You want to be appointed, but you don't want to serve. See, what God has placed in your life has to be tested through servanthood. What God has anointed you to do has to be tested through servanthood. Now, I know that you think I'm thinking about church as well, but I'm also talking about on your job. I'm also talking about at work. I'm also talking about at your school. If you've been called to it, serve it. I promise you when you put your hands to the plow and you begin to get behind something that's bigger than you, something that is more than you, something that is moving at a faster pace than you, something that is, that is more mature than you, and you learn how to get behind it and push it, God begins to give birth to you as you help them give birth to what they're doing. 
God begins to push out giftings and talents as you get behind your, your, the vision of the house, the, the vision of your job, the vision of the school. The, it, God begins to do stuff that will blow your mind because when the anointing showed up to hit David, he was so lost in servanthood that he forgot that the ceremony was even going on. He was serving the sheep when the anointing showed up to find him. I'm telling you, the anointing is going to come and it's going to find people who are lost in servanthood, who are in the house of God, who are moving forward and just love to serve the house of God and the people of God and the folks on your job and the people at your school. The anointing is going to hit that person. Not somebody who's just looking for a name. Not somebody who's just trying to fulfill their low self-esteem and trying to and trying to move past what they went through when they were a child. Go to counseling. Amen. But we've got to get people in place who understand the value of servanthood, who understand and understand and know that when God shows up and his spirit shows up, he is looking for those who are serving. He's looking for those who are in place and doing what he's called them to do. He's looking for some folks who don't mind missing a service every so often so they can serve. He's looking for those who will give up a seat so somebody else can have a seat. He's looking for those who are willing to serve. Touch your neighbor and say, are you a servant? Wait for an answer. David was the unconsecrated one. <laughs> so good. David was the unconsecrated one. What does this mean, pastor? It means that David missed the ceremony. That, that, that Samuel took Jesse and his sons through. See, because when we read the Bible, the text says that he took the sons of Jesse and Jesse and consecrated them before the ceremony happened. <laughs> Why is this significant? This is significant because God is now breaking the order of ceremony and religion. And he's breaking the protocol of what was and what used to be and how it always had to look and what it always had to sound like. And he's choosing people who missed the ceremony. Oh, my. He's choosing people who missed the consecration service. He's choosing people who grew up in battered situations. He's using, he's choosing people who did not grow up in church and don't know all the Christianese language. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm blessed and highly favored. He's choosing people who have some tattoos and some piercings. Hello, somebody. He's choosing some people who understood my text when I said come through dripping. Hello, somebody. You make it plain. He's using the unorthodox. He's using the misfits. Ooh. He's using the people who no one thought could be used. He's using those who came from battered situations. He's using those who come from broken homes. He's using those who have been through some abuse. He's using those who God, who other people have counted out and say that nothing could ever come from them. He is using those who missed the consecration ceremony. So I want to warn you, equippers, this year you might stumble across some folks who missed the consecration ceremony, and I don't want you to be so quick to dismiss them because they don't look like you and they don't sound like you. They might smell like a little weed and they might smell a little bit. They might look like, they might talk a little crazy, but can I please beg you, don't dismiss them because you might be dismissing the next David of our generation. Somebody say amen. 
I'm got to hurry. David was, David was the forgotten one. David, out of all of this wonderfulness that happens at the, the 12th and the 13th verse, we can't overlook the fact that through verse 1 through 11, David was not thought about. His father has all of the sons, uh-huh. His father has all of the sons present for the consecration ceremony. The man of God has entered into the city. This is a big deal. He is going to worship and he's bringing the house of Jesse into the worship ceremony with them. They don't know what, 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 what Samuel's getting ready to do. They don't understand what's about to happen. All we know and understand is that David, out of all of the sons that were there, David was not even called on to be in the ceremony. David was left out in the field to tend the sheep while the other brothers paraded themselves in front of the man of God. David was the forgotten one. David, they say that David might have been born illegitimately of Jesse and Jesse might have been slightly ashamed to bring him to the ceremony because he was a son of his illegitimate ways. So, so, so they believe that Jesse and David had a strained relationship because he did not want everyone to know that he had this kid on the side because it could have been an accident. Anybody knows what it feels like to be forgotten, to feel like you don't exist in a big crowd of people, to feel like no one sees you, no one hears you, no one feels you, no one understands you, to feel like you were an accident and not birth on purpose, to think that, 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 that when God decided to do anything in the earth that he would do it with anyone except you. I'm here to speak to that broken spirit, and I'm here to tell you that I lived through some situations where it didn't look like I was the one, and it looked like I was forgotten about, and everybody else that I was raised around was doing well in life, and, and, but I had this mother who was on drugs, and she, she smoked crack cocaine, and she was a prostitute at the same time, and I walked the streets of Dallas over and over again, wondering if there was a purpose and a plan for my life, and I felt, un, I, I felt forgotten about, I felt like no one could do anything with me teachers could not teach me my pastor could not reach me until I said yes at an altar on a night something like this and God began to do something in my life that totally blew me away if I can get the guy who plays keys to jump up that would be great I love the story of David, because I believe it is a blueprint for the next generation of anointed men and women of God. I believe that God is getting ready, mm -hmm, I'm going to say it, to bring another great awakening in our world. And I believe it will come on the shoulders of young Davids, David men, David women. David, young men and young women who have been ostracized, forgotten about, and counted out. God is getting ready to do something that is going to blow the minds of the world that we live in because he's going to do it in such an unorthodox way 
that is going to totally challenge how we see things. I need you to get ready, Equippers Church, because there's about to be some Davids that are going to flood this church, and they're going to be looking for purpose, and they're going to be trying to deal with their pain, and they're going to try to figure out how to deal with their past, and they're going to be people like me who come from broken situations, who have been abandoned, and who have been left, and who, who everybody had counted out, but yet God is going to raise them up and do something in such a time as this. Who would have ever thought... Who would have ever thought that I would be in Auckland, New Zealand? Mother's a crack addict and a prostitute. That I would be walking the streets of New Zealand, smiling, looking up at the sun, at the beach, touching black sand. Because I am David. And I believe there's some Davids amongst us tonight. Stand to your feet. My last point is, David was the anointed one. Take the top off for me, will you? David was the anointed one. The Bible says that Samuel filled his horn with oil. And Samuel went to the house of Jesse looking for who the anointing would fall for. Let me tell you something. July 7th, 1999 was the day I gave my life to Jesus. I was 15 years old and I felt a lot like David and that's why I called my son David because I can so identify with David's story. I was forgotten about, I was ostracized, I was the youngest one, I was the forgotten one, I was the unconsecrated one. But something happened and a service that I showed up for, kind of like in this ceremony with Samuel and Jesse and his sons. And nobody was looking for me. Nobody was searching for me. I was the kid that sat in the back that would try to avoid everything Pentecostal I could. I was the dude that would laugh at all of the tongue talking and the yabba dabba do, and I would say, ha, that's funny. Until July 7th, 1999 came. Give me something strong. July 7th, 1999 came. I showed up in a service like this. It was a Sunday night, just like tonight. It rained just like it did earlier today. Wow. Something that the pastor said drew me to the altar. When I came down to the altar, I need you to catch this. This is so important because David was the anointed one. When I came down to the altar and I said yes to Jesus, I came to the altar, I fell to my knees and I gave my heart to Jesus. And in that very moment that I gave my heart to Jesus, my youth pastor lifted me to my feet and he took a horn of oil and he anointed me with oil. And when he released oil on my life, everything changed. Everything changed in my life because of the oil of God that fell on my life. Everything changed. I went from being a dropout in high school to now learning how to read because I told a teacher I couldn't read. She took me and taught me hooked on phonics when nobody else was around. And I began to read the Bible and I started understanding that God had a plan for my life because of the anointing that hit my life. I begin to walk away from friends and situations and problems and addictions because of the anointing of God that hit my life. The 
anointing was so strong that night that I could not do anything but give credit to God because when the anointing hit me, just like the Bible says, the Bible says that David served the Lord all the rest of his life after the anointing hit him. I believe there are some Davids in this room tonight. I believe there are some people in this room tonight. I believe there are some modern day Davids. You're saved and you love the Lord. And yes, you have a relationship with him, but you have not been hit with the anointing of God. wonder if David would come forward in this meeting. David, are you in this room? The anointing is waiting on you at this altar. I want to anoint you with oil and believe that your best days are in front of you. Sheesh. I believe that you're greater than your past. There's some female Davids, there's some male Davids. I I believe there's some Davids in this room. You can identify with me. You know my story. You can identify with being lonely. You can identify with not being, not being filled with purpose. If you're in this room, David, I, I want to pray for you tonight. I, I want to release some anointing on your life that's going to make the difference. I want to release something. I want to bring my faith together with yours. I want to lay my hands on you. And when I lay my hands on you, I'm believing that the anointing of God is going to hit your life. And now things are going to be different. You're going to see different. You're going to think different. When the anointing hit my life... I went home and started throwing away posters. I started tearing down stuff off my walls. Nobody told me to. The anointing hit me, and I knew that God wanted to do something in my life. If you're here, David, male or female, David, are you here? God sent me to anoint Davids tonight. God sent me to anoint David tonight. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ah, and it's going to make all the difference. David, I'm calling you out, right? Get to this altar. David, get to this altar. This is what you need, David. You need the anointing. Come close. I need you to come close. If you're here and you're male or female, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is waiting to ignite your life. Everyone lift your hands in the room right now. If you haven't figured out the anointing of God is in the room. This is the power of God to change our generation. This is what we need you to be equipped with. This is what we need you to leave these doors every Sunday with. We need you to leave this room understanding that there is something greater that lives on the inside of you. It is called the anointing of God and it will flow and it will drip. You, God wants you to drip. He wants you to leave dripping. He wants you to go back into your city dripping. He wants you in the school dripping. He wants you and your job dripping. He wants you to leave this room dripping with the presence of God and the anointing of God on your life. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I have done as you have commanded me. I pray that every vessel in this room, every man, woman, boy, and girl will receive the anointing of God. Father, I touch them or whether you touch them, release your glory. Release your glory and augment in the name of Jesus, we pray.